Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. I'm here with Ralph and Mary Luffaholtz, and they are part of the family that owns Dumpfwork Distilling. And I have met your daughter, Bridget. She's been on our radio show, The Weekly Dish, before. I've not met Christian, and it's fun to meet the two of you for the first time. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Stephanie. And thank you for having us. We're, we're excited. <laughs> okay. You guys are, you know, we've talked to a lot of distillers, but you right out of the gate, identify yourself as a German owned distillery. And that has different connotations for the way that you produce your products and the way you present them. Can you talk a little bit about your heritage and why that was important to you? Um, well, I suppose that's my question, right? So <laughs> you hear from the accent, I'm, I'm German, born, raised, and educated in Germany. I came over here a long, long time ago. Um, and one of my first impressions, I was actually pre-craft brewing, so I'm dating myself, right? So <laughs> at that time, I was really sad because there was no proper beer, at least for a German, and uh, the only thing on the shelves were Gegermeister. Luckily... Uh, the craft brewing industry took off and we have awesome beers. So it was really great, uh, but still only Jägermeister. So uh, that was kind of, for me, the, the notion to say, okay, you know what? There are so many different spirits, not only in Germany, but the surrounding areas, which we kind of, I don't want to say forgotten spirits, but uh, they didn't make it over here. And I always wondered why. And I still, you know, have different theories, but um, with my background in chemical engineering and having worked for the food and beverage industry, primarily brewing industry, I'm like, if I can't pull it off, I mean, then, <laughs> then no one can pull it off. That's an exaggeration, of course. Uh, so finally, I think I got to the point where I said, you know what, I would like to try. My dear wife motivated me saying, okay, create a business plan and, and check it out if you can pull it off. And, and make me a good gin. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of like the, the the history of how I got started. So, so gin is your spirit, Mary, and you have a very delicious barrel aged gin, but mm -hmm. that probably wasn't the first one you started with. No, no, no. And the, the first one that that Rolf started with, um, you know, I mean, initially was, you know, he wanted to make fruit brandies. I mean, that is truly, you know, his, his passion. And I mean, we're grounded in, in really being driven by wanting to be known as one of the best, you know, fruit brandy producers, not just in Minnesota, but, but in the country. And, um, but, you know, if we're going to own a distillery, we need something a little bit more for me. <laughs> so, so we started, he started off, he made me this beautiful, beautiful London dry gin, which is, you know, um, very earthy, um, you know, we're a craft distillery. So, you know, things, things evolve, um, but you know, very kind of mushroomy and it was just delightful. I'm like, okay, you know what, if nothing else, I've got this great product and you go make your brandies. So. Yeah. I, I think the first, product I had from you was a pear brandy. Oh, wow. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, what did you think about it? I loved it. And I hey. am not a big brandy person, but I realized it was because I hadn't probably ever really had a good one. Yeah. Well, we're now on the fourth generation. Um, so, and I have to say, I mean, it's like with every craft distillery, 
we learn as we go. Uh, it's um, every single time you realize what you could have improved on and the next time you implement it. So we have just released uh, earlier this year our last generation of pear brandy, which is phenomenal, much mm-hmm. better than the first ones. And uh, we have uh, our supply chain lined up for this coming season. And I'm already working on that tracking part, getting the product in. So we're excited. I was surprised um, when I had your peppermint schnapps. I don't know why I was surprised, but it was extremely delicious and also tasted different than other peppermint schnapps that I had had. It was a story. um, There's a story behind this. (laughs) Okay. I want to hear it because, you know, I'd had like crappy peppermint schnapps in hot chocolate on a ski hill but yours and someone gave it to me as a gift and I was like, oh, okay, well, this is fine. And then now I'm just drinking it, you know, straight up on the rocks. Yeah. Uh, so the story behind it, um, if you know Chartreuse Vert, the, the French liqueur, been the Benedictine kind of liqueur, yep. uh, one of the best liqueurs I think in the world. That's, um, I've been working on it for six years straight and, uh, one day, one of my last prototypes, I presented to the family, not actually explaining what I'm giving them. And my dear daughter says, oh, is that the peppermint schnapps? And I had to admit it was very peppermint forward. So I'm like, nah, I'm not throwing it away. I'm making it a peppermint schnapps. So this is the most complex, most expensive peppermint, peppermint schnapps you can make. <laughs> so... <laughs> And it's that, so, that's it's so good. It, yeah. That would explain why, because you know, I just was sort of like, oh, peppermint schnapps, whatever. But no, it is. It's very complex, but also just lovely and refreshing, and obviously minty, but um, not as cloyingly sweet as some, you know, that you would normally have. So, well, good. I guess my palate's maybe better than I thought because I noticed <laughs> right away that it was. I was like, oh, this is sipping schnapps. This is amazing. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. No, it is. It is terrific. I mean, obviously drinking it neat. We we keep, you know, in the lounge here, we keep it um, in the freezer so you can have it, you know, frozen. Um, but it's fantastic in cocktails. An espresso martini is dynamite. Yeah, dynamite. Yeah. So. Yum. Okay. Well, that's got my name all over it. You guys started a cocktail room. How long have you had your cocktail room now? Three and a half years. Gosh, has it been that long? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. November of 2019. um, Great timing uh, is when is when we opened, and then we've had multiple opportunities to reopen over. We got good at it. (laughs) Oh my goodness. And you are in an industrial type space. So tell me about your location and why you picked the space that you did. Yeah. Um, so initially, when I started this business idea, um, I envisioned um, to have it just a pure production site. So the least expensive um, production site I could find close to the home because you'll be spending a lot of time um, you know, in the distillery and falling back and falling back. So this is just eight minutes away from home, a very good landlord, very attractive lease. Um, and I was not thinking about a cocktail lounge. I'm not a mixologist, so I drink things neat. You know, the most complex uh, mixed drinks I make for myself have three components and they contain ice. I mean, I count ice. That means it's a gin and tonic, it's a Jack and Coke, so relatively right. simplistic. Um, 
And what we realized very quickly is so first my son joined, then my daughter joined, and my daughter had the knack of taking awesome cocktail pictures and making awesome cocktails. And she really can run a cocktail lounge. I couldn't. So that's where Bridget came in. And then we really kind of, Mary and Bridget worked on this cocktail lounge saying, okay, well, we are not in the perfect location. Right. So... So we worked, um, we had a fantastic architect, Snow Prilic, and, um, and a great GC, which is mixed. And we, we developed um, this, this lounge space, which is, you know, really a brand builder for, for us, because we don't have, we don't have spirits that you look and like, oh, I know exactly what that is, right? So they need to have a story around it. They need to, you know, and this is, this is a playground for, for the team to, to really showcase our our spirits in in ways that that you wouldn't you wouldn't expect, um, so yeah, it's it absolutely is a destination. So yes, we are in a very um, light industrial era. We always say tell everyone, um, and they're like, oh, where are you? It's like, you know where Bunnies is, <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. and everybody knows where Bunnies is and Methodist, and we're just back, you know, a little bit further. So. Um, well, you're like my neighborhood tap, or you're my neighborhood distillery potentially. Yes, over in Golden Valley. Oh, yeah, very, very much neighborhood. So, um, so yeah, so we we embarked on this project of of building this out, and um, you know, it it again, it really fits fits the 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 aesthetic of our of our brand. And I think I think it was Dara uh, Moskowitz Grumdahl who described you know walking in it was like this going through this wormhole, you know, and um, and. And we love the reaction that we get when people walk into this space, like, wow, I had no idea this was here. We need to make sure that more people know that we're here, but um, it is truly a destination. We love, we love what this, what this does for our guests. Yeah. So at this point you have whiskey, you have gin, um, you have all these specialty liqueurs that some that I have never even heard of until I've discovered them through you. Is that kind of your sweet spot? I think so. Um, I mean, that's part of our core competence um, where the narrative ends. We will never make a rum or tequila. Um, so, and we don't make bourbons um, because they're awesome bourbon makers in Minnesota and around the nation. Um, and we want to stick a little bit to our narrative, something which kind of reflects what we drink ourselves and who we are. Um, and sometimes it's a stretch, but we have to stay. I mean, you cannot be good at everything. I mean, at least I can't. I feel like you're getting pretty, pretty close, though. I mean, things that you didn't think would be good, you're now tinkering along and they're getting... I mean, a barrel-aged gin is not something that's easy to do, and it's fantastic. No, thank you. Um, that's one of the products I'm very proud of. Uh, and actually, again, happened by accident. Uh, longer story, but, uh, you know, we always say it's all planned and well-tested out in many things, even in craft distilling or in any kind of a business, to find that your failures work out quite nicely. So, <laughs> Yeah, you're lucky in that way. Now you guys are I would I what I would consider a premium product. Is it harder to market a premium product or is it just different? I I would say it's 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 both. Um you know, and that's and that's one of the reasons why we went the route of our packaging. 
Um, you know, our packaging is very, it's very unique. Um, Rolf keeps telling me that if I put another rabbit on a label that, that I'm done. Um, but, um, you know, the, it's, it's part of, it's part of the, the way that we really want people to a notice us. And, and we have this, we have this packed, you know, we'll provide you, you know, a gorgeous package. What you put into it needs to be high quality and to drive that, that repeat. So, um, so it is, it is premium. Um, it's, you know, it definitely requires a story, but at the same time, I think that's, that's what our buyers, that's what a lot of people like. Right. I mean, there's there's always a place for, you know, a hand, you know, a handle vodka and, and whatnot. There's always that place. There's a lot of room to to really be something special. And that's really what what we're what we're trying to do. And, and quite frankly, what our niche is. You're a darling of a lot of the mixologists in town. They're very fond of your products and use them a lot. How do you reach new people? I mean, you're you're doing this craft spirit in a way that is elevated, but is also in a way that you're making things that people don't even know what they are. So yeah. how does that continue to move you forward and how do you keep getting the word out? It's, it's a slow process and Mary will jump in here in a bit, but I think it's a combination of the different characters and skills and personalities. Um, I can speak to the product. Uh, my daughter knows how to run it, you know, what to do with it. I couldn't. So, so the combination works well. Uh, so I would never be able to explain how to make a, um, an old-fashioned or Manhattan. Um, Richard brings it to the next level. Um, and that builds a reputation on-premise, off-premise, that gives the idea, the idea, okay, this is how it's being made and this is what I can do with it. Yeah. And I, and, and I mean, again, Bridget deserves a lot of, of credit and props. I mean, she's really built, built a network, a strong um, network. And, and um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of back and forth. Our, our latest menu that, that she launched um, for spring yeah. summer is, um, this track menu. So there's, there's nine, you know, so-called tracks on the, the menu. So she collaborated with Yia Bang. She collaborated with, um, Kamal from Stepchild, um, our architect, um, you know, Marco's up. So it's, um, and, and worked with them on, you know, their personality, their cocktail choice. And, and so it's featured on, on our menu along with, you know, what is, what is the song that they envision this? So, so it's, it is a, it's, it's, um, it's very intentional. Um, we're not, we're not going to be out there, you know, mass producing. I would also say, you know, our distributor, um, the wine co has really done a, a terrific job as well. And, and as a partner in this, in this space and, um, you know, that's, it's a little bit, little bit smaller, but it, it, um, you know, that, that they're part of our, part of the story, part of the narrative is as well. So I think, I think it's a, it's a couple different prongs there that, that we're trying to go after. And that's, um, I appreciate you, you saying that, that we're darling. Can't wait to tell Bridget that. <laughs> oh yeah. 
I've had the opportunity to spend time with Bridget. And I think that's why I know about your products and I'm willing to always give them a try because I always know it's going to be good. It may not even be like my flavor profile, but I know when I get it, that it's going to be an elevated spirit and the best possible iteration of that, that I could have. And particularly in the local craft cocktail space, because we're getting pretty good now, but there was a period of time where it was taking a while for these products to get elevated. And I always knew I could trust yours. And it's also like the greatest gift item. I give it as a gift all the time because the package. Oh, thank is so you. Thank um, you. I look forward to coming and seeing you guys this fall when I'm a little less gardening and a little home or around the roost longer. But I just want to thank you for being my guest today. It's been fun to talk with you. It's Dom Fork Distilling, and you can check out their distillery um, behind Bunnies and by Methodist in St. <laughs> Louis Park, I guess, is officially um, how that would be classified. And check out their products. I, I was in Ely this weekend where I have a cabin, and they were directing me to some of your products. So you've awesome. got some all yeah. over the state. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Thank you, Stephanie. We greatly appreciate you taking the time and having us. Yeah, it's fun to talk with you guys. We'll see you soon. Okay, take care. Bye-bye.